Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifeSelfMastery.com, and, and today I'm excited to have Olivier Plant, who's the CEO of Flesky. Uh, which is a young and dynamic company with ambition to become the most private keyboard company uh, and which has more than 6 million downloads. Uh, Olivier uh, holds a master's degree in design and complexity from University of Montreal as well as a bachelor's degree in design. Uh, he currently lives in Barcelona. Uh, welcome to the show, Olivier. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so you 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 have quite a journey, you know. You you're a French Canadian who lives uh, lives in uh, Barcelona. So you know, um, how how did you get your start into entrepreneurship, and and what is Flexi all about? Yeah, so uh, to the first question, I mean, we start. I, I started to question things in the world uh, very young. I was I wanted to invent stuff, uh, create stuff out of my uh, out of my imagination that would be useful for for people. Um, and then I, I, I discovered that uh, there was engineering and there was design. And design at that time was, yes, a discipline, but it was not, let's say, at the level that it is right now when I started. <laughs> uh, right now, design is really at the center of a business. It's the way of thinking. Uh, it's the way to create like innovative products. Um, but one, let's say, after I decided to go to design, I started to, int- to be interested in questioning the status quo. Um, and the status quo tells you that things should be this way and this is how it's done and whatever it is, you need to follow the pack, right? And I, uh, by questioning the status quo, I got interested in uh, questioning myself like, oh, how can I create something that is different than what we're using today, right? Um, and then everything I created, like games or, 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 or products or dis- like uh, physical products in design, I was always questioning myself about, you know, what, what would be uh, the, the, the right way to flip the model around or play with the model a bit and then say, oh, if, is this what I just created better uh, and more sustainable in time, right? Yeah. Um, at that point, uh, after university, I went off to Barcelona and then I continued studying computer science uh, as a, research, uh, a researcher. Uh, while I was completing my master's degree. Um, and then I, I ended up uh, starting to be interested in more tangible things, right? So moving from university, uh, already wanted to create digital and, and, and services that, that, were, that would impact people. Um, I then uh, joined the company uh, in creating innovation, uh, innovating, innovating services or products or digital products uh, to uh, big companies because the big companies at that time wanted to have like they did this digital transformation. They were in the past and they wanted to be in the new, in the future. And so we got a lot of traction on that because we were using the user-centric sort of design-centric uh, way of looking at the problem. Like what are the user's problems? How can we solve them? What is the best solution we can provide to them? And we were providing this as a service, a consulting service in more UX and marketing and as well as, as, as product design to, uh, to those big companies. And that was pretty good, good business. Um, and then I, I 
in that course of a business, I said to myself, I want to have more impact because dealing with big companies at one point, uh, they face their reality of, uh, you know, internal processes and they don't want to risk themselves uh, too much. They want to diversify, but also control it a lot. Um, I said to myself, I need to create something that will have an impact in the world. Um, and so we started with this innovative idea of like creating a keyboard as a platform. Um, and one value very centric to us as founders was the privacy aspect um, that we saw in the market that private keyboards don't really exist. Uh, or if they exist, they are niche products and they don't have all the bells and whistles. Um, they, they don't have a proper autocorrection. And so how can we build technologies to remain, to keep the user private? Because a keyboard has the potential to leak a lot of data about yourself. And you saw a lot of leakage of data uh, coming from AI type. They leaked 31 million users data because all the data is backed up in the cloud. Um, and they do want to use that data in order to understand what's happening uh, or sell that data somewhere else. So there's a sort of an underlying problem in the keyboard space, uh, which is leaking data or using your personal data. That can be if you have a family member suffering from cancer, or it could be you have issues with, with your husband or your wife, right? So it's very, very personal. Um, and so we said to ourselves, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to go in that route. We think that it's outrageous. So let's build our technology respecting your user privacy, all processing on the phone, and then creating this added value, which is the AI-based smart keyboard. Um, and with Flexi, that's the that's the essence of the product is that with AI and privacy, we're able to still provide a very very high level of uh, of um, of product quality uh, while respecting the user privacy. And this is the beauty of Flexi is that you have access to content from the keyboard. You don't need to switch between apps to share a song from Spotify or a video from, from YouTube. Um, and, and that's really the, the, the big added value of, of, of Flexi today. Correct. So it looks like you know it's the world's only private keyboard, or do you also have other competitors, uh, you know, uh, who compete uh, into this keyboard space? Yeah. So the the the, the market is is a bit uh, in in a in in a, in a situation where the, the the competition is not that doesn't want the people to know what's happening behind the scene. If you remember in the messaging space, when uh, Signal came in um, and WhatsApp was not end-to-end -end encrypted, um, there was a big hype around that, right? A big hype. Yeah. A lot of newspapers, a lot of media was telling, you know, all messaging platforms can use your data to understand everything about you because end-to-end -end encryption doesn't exist. And at that time, there was only Telegram and Signal, I think, that was using end-to-end -end encryption, maybe others that I don't know of, right? Um, but at that moment, it creates such a hype. Like, this is when the privacy on mobile started to, to get to the user's attention, right? Where the user started to, see, to say, well, hmm, wait a minute, my, my data is, is used here, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they turned on 
uh, and it's not an easy task, right? They turned on end-to-end -end encryption. But the problem is that when you are using a messenger like WhatsApp or, or Slack or whatever, you're literally using two apps at the same time. You're using, the, on a mobile, you're using your keyboard app to enter text inside the messenger app. So there's two apps running in parallel, really. And so this is where the issue is, is that at the same time as people are entering text in Slack or SwiftKey or, or AI type or TouchPal or all the other folks, um, the issue is that where is your data going apart from inside the messenger? And that's what we're tackling. Got it. And you know, Phil, uh, uh, the ideal tap is to is to uh, stop the leakage of data and respect privacy. So, how how do you map out customer behaviors and uh, <clears throat> you know you know how how do you plan to monetize your uh, app? Yeah. So um, we uh, we have a we we've been thinking a lot of time about that. A lot of time was spent on trying to see like you know how can we make this a, a sustainable business um, and. We got a lot of people saying like, you know, it's going to be hard. You're never going to find a business out of a keyboard, blah, blah, blah. So this was at early stage. You, you, you often at that stage uh, of, of your journey, uh, people are telling you things that they have on top of their mind, but they don't understand what you're seeing as a vision of the future, right? right. So simple, simply put, what we do is uh, the flexi keyboard on your phone um, is 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 using uh, an algorithm that is completely offline to understand what's happening in the keyboard, okay? Um, we can understand the autocorrection, so we can correct uh, words, but we can also understand uh, and read the person's mind, what he wants in real time, so the needs of the user, right? And we, we, we analyze this in real time on your keyboard phone on your phone, sorry, on your keyboard. So on Flexi itself, we have an, an engine, it's an artificial intelligence that sits on your keyboard and can understand what's happening as you're typing locally without ever sharing that with the outside world, okay? okay. At, that, at that point, what we can do is, is really uh, unique to Flexi, which is anticipate not the text that you want to type next, but the service you want to use or the need you have. i give you an example. Uh, you know, you're talking with a friend, you want to go see a movie at, at the cinema. Um, and while you're speaking about this or typing this information, Flexi would understand that you're looking to go to the cinema, right? The wording that you're putting doesn't matter because it's a contextual and sentiment analysis, right? It's a, it's a different type of analysis that doesn't depend on keywords. And with this, we're able to show at a glance what are the movies playing nearby. So if you have access to those movies playing nearby, you can share that with your friend. So you could, instead of saying, hey, let's go see a movie tomorrow, which is basic text, you could say, let's go see a movie this weekend uh, or tomorrow and then share a few movies you would like to, to go see because you, from the Flexi experience, you will have access to those readily available 
So you don't need to switch to the browser to go see IMDB or I don't know which source to copy and paste links. All this mess that we have on mobile, it's completely gone. Um, because Flexi's vision is to have this sort of a smart keyboard assistant that is helping you achieve tasks way faster, like dramatically faster um, than before. And that's, that's the vision of, of Flexi is to create this smart keyboard assistant that is able to, uh, to understand what you need and not only the text that you're typing. Got it. And you know, you know my, my second question was the revenue model. So, uh, so do, you, do you pitch for advertisers on this or, you know, or do you have any pricing time model for this? No. So, so yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's um, the way we monetize is on the, the links, right? So people are sharing links. Um, okay. And by sharing them, we have affiliate and we bring mobile traffic to partners. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the magic is that, you know, some providers want to have mobile traffic. They want to improve the conversion of mobile traffic. And with Flexi user base um, and also the, the ability to be in any messenger uh, or, or app, we can bring those brands inside any app or any conversation that you're having, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that for the brands is very valuable because then they, don't are, they are not faced to the wall garden of WhatsApp or the wall garden of Viber, right? Or Snapchat because the keyboard is there. Uh, we grow the Flexi keyboard and then all the users can access the brand services wherever they are. <laughs> and right. that's, the, that's the magic. Got it. And, uh, you, know, you know, I want to talk about, uh, you know, how, how long have you been running uh, uh, Flexi? Uh, so we've, we've been running uh, Flexi for quite a while now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a great, uh, a great journey. And at the moment, we are, um, we are uh, moving into a new phase where we have, uh, we have been able to prove the privacy uh, of Flexi in front of the government, right? Okay. So we have signed contracts with some governments in order to provide a keyboard that is private as well as the messenger that is private. So if they're using a certain messaging app, they can also be reassured that their typing experience will be productive, one, and two, it will be private. Uh, and on the other side, we've signed deals for wide distribution uh, phone brands and those phone brands can have the power of Flexi smart keyboard assistant inside their phone. They can provide added value to their users. But on top of this, because Flexi is monetizing, they can also generate revenue uh, without pro pushing ads or without providing these banner ads that are very annoying. You know, um, no. it's, a, it's a matter of like getting things done. That's the key here, right? And while I'm getting things done as a user, I'm generating money. Uh, and this generation of money is what the, the phone brands want, right? And this is what we want as a business because then we can further create our uh, capital, but also develop further future products and, and, and go further in 
in the future of like the keyboard input, right? That we feel that it's it's lacking behind <laughs> at the moment. Okay, and again, I won't talk about the the revenue numbers and you know the cost of acquisition per per customer and you know what is the LTV numbers. If you if you're comfortable to talk about it, uh, uh, and if you're allowed to talk about. It. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of I mean, right now, the numbers of, of users we have is, is around uh, around 1 million. Okay. Um, and in the next 12 months, we're going to move that to to uh, 20 to 30 million uh, with the with the deals that we have signed. Um, and we're pretty excited about uh, what's coming up. Um, it's it's really mind blowing how how we 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 we, we successfully uh, nailed uh, some, some deals that are very important. Um, something that I think people will be amazed of. <laughs> okay. And so, so you said 1 million, uh, is that, uh, 1 million dollars is the revenue or is it 1 million users you have, uh, for flexi as Yeah. So right now we, we, we have, we only calculated on millions of, of users. Okay. Uh, right now we're not sharing any revenue at the moment. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, essentially, yeah, we're we're gonna be profitable uh, out of the next uh, two months. So okay. we're making we're making enough uh, enough money to to grow and be sustainable and and actually create create profit in the next two months. Okay, okay. Yeah. so so the idea is to is to charge uh, for companies and and governments for uh, for for your product, but you don't want to charge yeah. customers and users for this. No, that's it. So the, the end user would still benefit from a free product, um, you know, while respecting the privacy and, and getting the added value of Flexi. But on the other side, we would add additional security levels to government or security agencies or cyber security agencies. And then on the other side, for the general phone brands, uh, the model is, 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 is about helping them monetize uh, their user base without, you know, uh, uh, bombarding them with ads, you know, giving them a, 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 a powerful utility. And this is how we more or less get the, the, get the revenue going for us. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got a large uh, database. So, so did you do any paid campaign to get more downloads or uh, was it organic or did you focus on, uh, on social or videos or influencers, you know, yeah, we, we focused on uh, we focused on just word of mouth and and um, and the PR, uh, but we we never did some paid acquisition like Google Ads specifically to understand you know how 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 much it uh, you know we we didn't spend money there. Um, we spend our money on developing relationships with phone brands because there are many phone brands and. Um, when we get one phone brand, maybe it takes us a couple of months, we end up with 10 million users, you know? So <laughs> it's much more better money spent than trying to go up the ladder of Google Play and, and Apple Store. Uh, with a keyboard, we have the, let's say, the chance of being able to be preloaded on, on smartphones uh, as a main input. Uh, it's, I think it's a very hard game for general apps providers to be preloaded on um, some smartphone unless you are Evernote or you know some, someone that is very uh, useful and big and has a lot of power and means 
generally these companies are paying the phone brand to be there, right? It's not on. It's not the other way around. Got it. And uh, you know, you are uh, using crowdfunding platforms like Seed Invest and Crowdcube to to raise funds. Uh, so you want to talk more about it and why did you not approach VCs but crowdfunding platforms to to raise funds? Yeah. So for us uh, to raise, there's there's a fundamental. It's it's a philosophy, right? It's a fundamental advantage to raise from the crowd, because we are the true uh, true alternative, private alternative, um, to the other players in the market, right? And so we wanted to use the power of the crowd to put there a statement, right? A statement that clearly says that we are the people's keyboard. We want to be defending the, private, the privacy of people um, with a product that they can enjoy, have, fall in love with, and then use on a daily basis. Um, and for us, the race from the crowd was like really the, 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 the first choice because we have on one side, we have the crowdfunding campaign. It's going to launch uh, today, so uh, the 18th <laughs> um, right. of September, uh, we're launching on Seed Invest, and um, and that's going to be helpful because we're going to get the crowd to chip in uh, money in exchange of shares in the company, and so they can they can share the successes uh, that we will we will have. They can also help us, right? We have been running a CrowdCube campaign in the UK, and the whole Europe basically has been investing in. In via our crowdfunding campaign in, in the UK. And we already have people wanting to help us and say, like, I want to help you with the privacy angle. I have contacts in the government, etc. And so we really feel the power of the crowd backing up a product that really wants to in ultimately defend the privacy of users. I mean, in one sense, users, and I think we communicate this uh, clearly, is that we are sort of the Switzerland in the world. Right, mm -hmm. uh, majority of keyboard providers today are either in the U.S. or in China. That yeah, we're facing a duopoly of control of data, um, and that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. Um, and so we we need the Switzerland player um, in the market in order to say we can provide a equal value and still respect the user privacy. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so, so I think the benefit of our crowdfunding is uh, it helps you build a community uh, rather than, you know, like raising funds from angels and VCs uh, when, the, when that sort of faction is not there. Uh, you're raising a lot of money, but then you've got to figure out how to, how to build a brave uh, fans and a community who can really, you know, push out your product to the next level. Yeah, exactly. So if everyone in the crowd or listening wants to chip in in the future of a private input, um, that's, that's the goal uh, of us. They can visit like seedinvest.com or if they are in Europe, in the UK, they can visit crowdcube.com um, and, you know, help us uh, help you in the end, right? <laughs> right. So we will we'll put that in the, in the show notes. Show notes. So, you know, how much uh, money have you raised till now and how much money are you trying to raise? And, uh, you know, what is the money uh, to be used for? Yes. So uh, as uh, right now, we, we raised uh, around uh, 
around 700,000. Uh, and we're raising right now uh, a total aggregate amount of 1.3 million um, using the crowd, but also using our existing investors and, and other uh, private investors that want to, uh, that want to join uh, our company. And also they believe in, the, in our vision of the future. Okay, and, and uh, what what will be the money used for for building a uh, better product or getting more sales and marketing people? What is the development? Yeah, so the um, the the money is going to be used for further developing the product. Uh, we want to also introduce the introduce swipe uh, as okay. an input method. Uh, we also want to continue developing our business development front, which is like you know, dealing with the governments and phone brands. So we want to also spend money there. Um, and then also on the other side, spend uh, uh, money in being more present in front of the phone brand. So uh, whatever is needed in the marketing uh, segment, uh, which will be us being in some key events or sponsoring some events. Um, we want to get the, phone, the, the, the brand of Flexi uh, out there uh, as a, as a, as a representative of, uh, of the, the feature set that we have, right? The flexi apps, uh, the privacy aspect, and, and also the next service prediction, which is the AI, uh, AI based uh, technology inside flexi. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, I, uh, I want to know you, your French Canadian who's, who's lived in Canada and now you're living in Barcelona. So, um, so, you know, what, what do you think is the, the tech scene in Canada versus uh, Barcelona? Uh, or, or do you think it's, it's warmer out there in Barcelona? That's why you moved out there. Yeah. So uh, the tech scene, I mean, if you compare with the U.S., of course, uh, it's a very different level uh, in terms of investment size. And Canada, uh, you know, as, as a startup scene uh, is, has been, you know, hyped pretty much at the same time as, as Barcelona, right? Okay. Uh, we followed the wave of, of, of the U.S., let's say. Um, but in, in parts of Europe where it, it started to, I mean, the, the parts of the ecosystem that, that were, they, they were completely right uh, is in the U.K. or Berlin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in those two, two cities, I mean, I think they had a lot of capital at hand. Uh, the mentality was also very close to the American mentality when you, and I don't want to insult any British here, but uh, what I want to tell is, that, you know, I think the mentality of risking to, to put money there and maybe have a high reward um, is something that in, in London uh, they, they understood very well. So for our company right now, we are in between Barcelona and London a lot. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Right. And in Barcelona and Spain, the good thing is that you have talent. It's cheap. It's good quality. And then uh, you have a very nice way of living, which is you have it's very sunny. Uh, right. You have the mountains, you have the beach. So you have a similar sort of uh, way of life, like people are happier here. Um, uh, and then than other parts of the world. But uh, if you come back to Canada, um, the, the startup scene over there is is at the same maturity, I think, uh, than Barcelona. Well, I mean, than Spain. You know, in Barcelona, in, in Spain, sorry, you have Madrid and Barcelona, who are like really the two major hubs of, yeah. uh, of startups, right? Um, 
Yeah, I think Canada is mostly Toronto uh, and you know Waterloo side. Yes. Yes. Right. So, uh, and uh, how big is the team, and uh, you know, who, who, uh, do you have any other co-founders uh, also in uh, with you right now? Yeah. So the team, the team is um, is, uh, is 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 seven. So we're seven in total in the team. Very small. Um, and uh, and and we are based in in the neighborhood of Barcelona, which is uh, very very cool. There's a lot of things around. We also are in sort of a co-working space where there's a lot of people around that we can talk with. So the culture was very important for us as a company, um, and uh, and we're looking to grow the team uh, after the funding round is done. Right, uh, we want to grow the team because we want to serve our customers and go faster uh, and build a, a better product that is superior to what else is, is there is out there. Awesome. So uh, let's quickly do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I think my face, it's uh, Traction. Uh, it's a very good book. Uh, call, uh, it, it's written by the founder of DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, I think every startup CEO should be applying this with the marketing user acquisition and the development team to understand, like, how can we grow that business? Yeah, in fact, the founder of Dr. Doe also has the same similar belief about privacy. And, yes. you know, that's, that's why they're so different from Google. And they, uh, but they're still doing well, you know, they, they're backed by good uh, VCs. Uh, yeah, so traction is a good book. Uh, if you could go back in time when you started Flexi, what is the one thing you would have focused on? Uh, so, I mean, when we started our company, which is, um, you know, uh, Tainting Limited, uh, and then we're operating the Flexi keyboard uh, as a as Flexi, um, we, uh, I think, is uh, dealing with uh, people that they say that they can help you. Um, Everything sounds beautiful, uh, but in the reality, the execution is not there, right? So people that say, I can help you raise funds, or I can do this for you, right? Or, and at the beginning, you're, you know, you're starting, so you don't know really anything. So you start trusting those people, and then after they, they don't execute, and they only ask you for a paycheck. Um, that's something that I should have been avoiding. Um, so my suggestion is basically read a lot about the environment of what you need to do uh, or what you want to, to achieve and then try to see or compare sources of information, not believing in people, but if someone tells you something, then start reading about that. Like, hey, people who help others fundraise or people who are uh, development agencies, try to be critical before saying yes. Um, and then it would save you a lot of time and embarrassment, if, if, if any. <laughs> Got it. And uh, what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail or Slack? Mm. The example you mean like in the, in, the, in the company side, like or a brand or? No, any online tool you use regularly, like I, I love using Zoom and Calendly. So you got uh, any favorite online tool? Yeah. So the tool that I'm using the most, uh, is actually, uh, yeah, Slack, I'm using a lot. Uh, and then the other ones I'm, I'm really keen on is the productivity tool we use here, which is called the Maestro Task. 
Um, okay. And so Meistertask is sort of a Trello, a German-based Trello. <laughs> okay. um, and it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty well done, yeah. Got it. And, uh, you know, if people want to uh, look into your crowdfunding uh, campaigns, so what is the best way they can look into it and how can they get yeah. to know more about Flexi? So they can visit our website uh, at www.flexi.com. Uh, this is where they'll find all the information about the product, but they can also go on the Google Play Store or the Apple iOS Store, type in Flexi keyboard and download uh, Flexi, try it out. It's very, very customizable, it's fun, it's powerful, it's private. And on the other side for the crowdfunding, everyone who wants to be part of our crowdfunding campaign can go to www.seedinvest.com. They will see Flexi, uh, search for Flexi. And then if you are in Europe or the UK, you can go to crowdcube.com slash Flexi. And then you'll find our crowdfunding campaign that is ending uh, on the October 19th. Um, so it's uh, very important to do and to invest before that time, because then after that, it's going to be too late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Oliver, thank you very much for coming on to the show. I, I really appreciate talking to you and uh, best of luck for your crowd count, uh, crowdfunding campaigns. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.